everyone, I'm Saisha Gupta and I'm the founder and host of Brown Girls Rising. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of and empower South Asian girls. Welcome to Brown Girls Rising. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is one that I am very excited for and it has definitely been so so fun recording. So in today's episode of Brown Girls Rising, we discuss the TV show by Mindy Kaling, Never Have I Ever. Now this is honestly one of my favorite TV shows. And I'm not going to say too much because you will definitely hear me say a lot about it in both of our interviews today with Carmen and Monsi. But um, it was honestly one of my favorite shows of quarantine and I learned so much from it. Of course, there were flaws and there were a lot of stereotypes being used, which is why I wanted to create this podcast to share my honest opinions about it as a South Asian girl watching it. I hope you enjoy. If you haven't watched the show Never Have I Ever, I highly suggest you watch it before listening to today's episode if you wish to, because there will be a lot of spoilers. Never Have I Ever is about a sophomore girl named Devi Vishwakumar who is struggling with being popular in high school, finding a boyfriend, as well as the loss of her dad. It was definitely a very moving show for me as a South Asian girl because I got to see a character like myself on the screen. Now, I'm not going to be talking about it too much, as I said before, because I did get to interview two friends. So, Carmen, who was our first guest, is one of my school friends, and she will be talking about what with me some of her favorite moments of the show and why this show is especially relatable for her. I hope you enjoy listening to my interview with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. How are you doing? Hi, Saisha. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Um, so welcome to Brown Girls Rising. I'm so glad to have thank you here. You. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Of course. So today we are going to be talking about the TV show Never Have I Ever, which was released on April 27th, 2020 by Mindy Kaling. And so um, we're also going to be talking about Never Have I Ever. And on this episode, we're talking about breaking down some Indian and South Asian girl cultural types. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. So um, I am having on because I wanted to discuss um, sort of like uh, the perspective of someone who's like not necessarily South Asian who watched this show because I know yeah. you and a lot of our friends loved the TV show, which I'm like really glad about because I thought like it was pretty eye opening in a sense. Yeah, for sure. So um recently watched it or if it's like been a few months since you watched it but anyways do you remember having any favorite moments from the show oh gosh yeah it's been a few months but one of my favorite parts is every time they have like some sort of kissing or flirting scene they play (laughs) fire by cannons and I absolutely love that song and I just love those parts (laughs) I love that like I love that song still in my playlist oh my gosh amazing whenever I I listen to it Shivika goes why are you still listening to that song it's been (laughs) so many months since you watched that show that's awesome (laughs) but I mean it's definitely a good song and and so it's have you did you listen to the song before the show came out no I got it from the show yeah same I think (laughs) they did a good job with the music and soundtrack they really did yeah the playlist was amazing yeah and then um so I was also gonna ask like is there um like was there a spe- specific character who you could like relate to or who you liked better or who you or like I mean there's probably a few separate questions <laughs> is there a right. character who you like loved especially and then is there a character you could relate to yeah definitely so I'll start with um who I really enjoy just as a character um honestly like the flashbacks to her dad Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing to have a dad like that. Like, he's so cool. Mm-hmm. He's really open. He's different. And he has a lot of fun with life. And that's something I totally uh, vibe with. Um, and then that kind of relates to the second part of the question. So the character um, I probably related to the most was, in fact, the main character. Because, and even though, like you said, I'm not South Asian. I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> um something I really that really I related to and that really struck me as something we had in common was the loss of her father so I um, also experienced a 
a very um, tragic death of my father. And um, that was something I could totally relate to her, relate to her in regards to um, not only her behavior or maybe how the way she deals with it, but also like um, how it happened so suddenly and like just dealing with emotions surrounding that, that you may not even want to bring up to even your own self. And I felt that was something I could definitely connect to. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, so going with your first part, like, you know, like her dad in general, I think they did a good job with showing that, um, showing the memory she had of her father and showing her father as a character in general. And I thought it was kind of, um, weird of them because like I, I was rewatching the first episode for preparation for this podcast and he literally like they show him passing away within the first two minutes of the episode. It's like, we never even got to meet him, but I feel like in the sense they, like it might've been good that they did it like that. So you, first of all, maybe don't get it too attached to the character and also that way they show his memories and bring him to life in that way. Yeah. I thought that was really something genius that they did. And not only because of that, but also, you know, when you experience loss, they did show it in a very realistic way where sometimes it just sneaks up on you and you're not expecting to like be emotional in that moment or you're not expecting it to remind you of your dad or the one you lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll just kind of sneak up on you and work its way into your life if, you know, especially if you're not dealing with the emotions you're having surrounding that, like she was. Yeah, because it did seem like these, I, um, I can't relate to it in that sense but yeah. I like could see it like how in certain scenes like it would just be so random where she would just suddenly start thinking about it like when she was trying to fall asleep and exactly. things like that and it did seem like she like it, as Davy as a character was trying yeah. to um sort of push away her feelings perhaps by trying to explore this new life of getting a boyfriend yeah. in high school exactly. so I did do do sorry I do really think that the show brought a different perspective for each person who was um, listening to it. As you said, you related to the show because you had a thing in common with the main character of, like, you know, the theme of a loss of a father or a loss of, you know, a parent. And I feel like, you know, people who watch that show who have, um, you know, experienced that could relate yeah. in that way. I obviously related to it because of being South Asian, being a South Asian girl, never really seeing myself on TV in that way. Exactly. Um, Because normally it seems like TV characters who are Asian or South Asian are either Mm -hmm. like extremely smart, nerdy, weak in a sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would definitely say the show did a really great job of representation. That was one of my favorite parts. We need more women of color and just people in color people of color in general to be represented and so that way um everyone in america can feel like they have a voice and they have some representation in everything they do not only the shows they watch but the books they read and all the stuff they see in the media i think that's really huge i agree like i think it was like a good of them to also have her best friends be one like a black girl and one um be a chinese girl you know they showed yeah. a lot of stem through fabiola like a girl's interested yeah. in stem Obviously, right fabiola being um lesbian was right. uh, was you know a perspective that someone yeah. could relate to and her struggling yeah. to come out with those emotions yeah yeah, I really liked all the topics the show covered. I mean, they didn't try and cram it in, but at the same time, they did have a lot of different things going on. So it was really good. I agree. And um, I think that a lot of South Asian girls or South Asian people in general didn't like the show because they thought it was unrealistic to how um, real life might be. <laughs> like, for yeah. example, that scene where she calls her mom the B word. I don't yeah. think that if, if yeah. I called my mom that, I would not have gotten away with it. Yeah, and, same. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like in general, like people are like, you can't, you know, that's not really something realistic. And they relied too much on stereotypes. But at the same time, I yeah. feel like it was definitely one of the more realistic shows I've seen in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it is a TV show, so it's not ever going to be perfect. And obviously, there are some things that could have been different or changed. But, you know, they overall did a really good job of trying to make sure things are as accurate as possible. Yeah, this is sort of this sort of like an interesting question. But is there anything you like necessarily like learned from the show or felt like you um, like t- like is it what like is there something you took away from the show? Yeah, um, I would definitely say first and foremost, one of the huge things is 
you know, as someone who is uh, white, it's always, you know, you have your white privilege and it's always a constant reminder to um, have an awakening where you see how people of color are treated and, you know, how the stereotypes that we impose on them and stuff we can do to um, improve on that, be proactive about the things we say and do and, you know, just have another wake up call that, hey, things need to change and, you know, this is how people of color and minorities are being treated in America and things need to be different. No, I love that you said that because I think in general, like, you know, my goal with this podcast is sharing my experiences, sharing, um, you know, like my stories, but obviously, you know, my story doesn't relate to everyone. And by having a show like this and sharing, like, you know, the characters all sharing yeah. their different struggles, like, yeah. you know, each character seemed to have their own struggle. And I yeah. really loved that because it didn't, it yeah. wasn't just like, it was all revolved around the main character surrounded by her friends because like, I don't know if you really watched two Disney Channel shows growing up, but it seemed like they never talked about the problems of the friends in yeah. like, the shows I watched. They only talked about the problems of the main characters and the friends would be like there to support them. For sure. Yeah, that does seem to be a huge thing, and especially in those Disney Channel shows. And I also just saw in the news recently, um, they did an interview, and I cannot remember what show or what the character was, but they did an interview with a girl who was like kind of the sidekick character on a show. And the main character was white and she was African-American and she was just um, talking about the way she was being treated and how there was some racism and some not good remarks made at her and she was treated differently. And so it's just another one of those examples. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, because that definitely makes sense. And that's, you know, that's definitely a reason why I just feel like this show is eye-opening and I'm like really excited yeah. for season two I have no idea when it'll come out because yeah. I don't think they filmed it yet so who knows yeah. when they'll be able to film it even right. right hopefully soon I know I think some sets of shows are opening and you know doing social distancing and COVID testing for actors so hopefully oh yeah they'll oh. be able to shoot soon yeah that would be nice especially with like you know a lot of other shows also I know. So anyways, um, I'm very glad that you were on this podcast today. I'm so yeah. glad to have you on and, you know, hearing your experiences. If you'd like to, I'd definitely love to have you back in the future. That would be amazing. And thank you so much for having me. It was, I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed my experience here. Okay, Carmen, before we go, I need to ask you yeah. this. Are you on Team yes. Ben or Team Paxton? <laughs> oh, no. That was the question that divided <laughs> our friend group. It was. <laughs> so, um, I don't want to say too much, but um, I will say Paxton is Bay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I know. <laughs> I yeah that was definitely something that I remember because originally I was on team Ben and you guys were like Paxton is so much better and now I'm like kind of split so yeah I wanted to leave us on that because I was just like I just think that between the fire for you scene versus Ben and Baby's kissing scene at the very end there was just a lot more chemistry in Baby and Paxton. But at the same time, yeah. I feel like Paxton was kind of a douche to her. And, like, it just it just didn't really seem like, you know, they would actually work in the real world. Whereas Ben yeah. and her seemed like they might. Yeah, they definitely, there's issues with both characters. <laughs> I think what it comes down to for me is really how they treat Davy and what she wants. Yeah. Um, I need a little bit more information before I can uh, of course. totally root side but <laughs> that is where I stand yeah that's why I'm pretty split because maybe once yeah. I like, rewatch the show as a whole I'd because I, I mean I watched it so many times when it first came out oh, I bet. <laughs> like I would text Hannah who's um for anyone listening is our other friend and I would tell her hey guess what I'm watching and she's like are you watching never have I ever again and I'm like <laughs> yeah oh my goodness it was so good though I definitely got hooked immediately I know. And it's funny because the first episode, I didn't really like the first episode because, like, you know, first it just showed, like, you know, her, like, you know, loss of her dad and, you know, the loss of her legs working because when she had, like, that paralysis issue. And then the very end was so cringy when she asked Paxton, Paxton, um, that part. I don't know if you yeah, that right. was, that was very, um, abrupt and it kind of dissipated quickly, but it was very interesting nonetheless. 
But um, I do feel like in general it was a good show in the sense that like I you know like we're now we're getting back into it when we thought we ended. <laughs> but um, I do feel like, for example, the part um, like the Ganesh Puja episode, I think that oh, was pretty yeah. like, opening for someone who like isn't really, um, you know, who doesn't really know too much about Hindu or Hindu or cultures or our ceremonies yeah. yeah that was one of my favorite parts I love different cultural tradi- traditions and learning about all kinds of different things and I really enjoyed that um, particular episode that was I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Carmen Carmen is a dear friend of mine, and I did think that having someone who was not South Asian on this podcast episode would bring a fresh perspective into why this show was relatable to so many, even beyond the South Asian community. Now, the second girl I interviewed was Mansi. Mansi runs Healing Word, which is an organization that is working to end healthcare disparities in the LGBTQ community. We talked a lot about different things, such as the pros of the show, the cons of the show from a South Asian girl perspective, different stereotypes, especially stereotypes targeted to South Asian girls, like things surrounding arranged marriage, being smart, things like that. So I do hope that you enjoy our conversation as well with me and Monsi right now. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. So you're Mon. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce your name, Monsi? Yes. I'm Saisha. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. So, um, how are you doing? I'm doing. Hmm. I think I've had a good day so far. I had some eggs this morning, which is always a great day to start. <laughs> Today. Great way to start the day. Apologies. <laughs> no worries. So, um, has your school started yet? It actually has. It's been, I feel like, two weeks now. Oh, wow. Yeah, my school doesn't start till Wednesday, so we start oh, kind yeah. of late in New York. Where are you from? I'm in Georgia, actually. Oh, Georgia? Mm-hmm. I've heard that the COVID's kind of bad there. Is that true? Yes, our governor hasn't implemented the best plan, I will say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so um so we're here today to talk about the show Never Have I Ever by Mindy mm-hmm. Kaling, which came out in late April. So um as I feel like a lot of South Asian pe- people like kids, girls who I've talked to didn't really um think that the show was the best representation of um like you know how like they see culture is and they feel like the show relied on too many stereotypes so i just wanted to get your first impression like what did you think when you were watching the show like what were some of the initial thoughts you had after watching i mean everything you said absolutely i mean i would love to start out on a good note because this is definitely 10 steps forward 20 steps forward it's I mean, can you name another South Indian character you've seen on screen that's been explicitly South Indian and hasn't been, like, hidden behind a typically white person name, even though that's clearly an Indian face? Or that isn't, you know, violently stereotypical? Like... I totally get what you mean. Apu or Ravi from Jesse. So, <laughs> that's even I though, yes, I have some problems with this show... I, I'm going to start off with saying, you know what? This is progress. I, I totally agree with you because I remember like the, my whole life I was wondering, um, you know, Ravi and Jesse, why, why does he speaking with an Indian accent, like such a heavy Indian accent if he doesn't have one in real life? And Precisely. why does... And they make like, you know, all the stereotypes like he has, um, he was so weak. He didn't like, he wasn't like, you know, into sports and things like that. And mm-hmm. Like, um, he was such he a wasn't, loser. he was unable to get a girlfriend, things like that. Like, I feel like they were, you know, relied on so many stereotypes for that character. And in general, like, you know, Baljeet on, um, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb is another example. 
He wants a calculator for Christmas. And can we talk about the lizard with Rob? What was with the lizard? <laughs> I know. I feel like I, I, I didn't even know that, like, those animals existed. And um, it's, like, there were just, like, small things, like, that happened with, you know, Robbie's character that it just seemed like he that they, you know, were just relying so, the writers were relying on so many stereotypes, like, in one episode, he's like, oh, I told the entire subcontinent of India about, like, some secret, and it's like, do you really know everyone in India, like, the one billion people who live there? Of course, we all know each other, you know? (laughs) Obviously, it's like, you probably know all the Guptas in India. Oh, totally. I know. And my favorite one, you know, like relating to that is we had to learn about the dinosaur. Oh, <laughs> the teacher goes, oh, so um, you're royalty, right? And I'm like, yeah, totally. I can name all my ancestors. And he's like, really? And I'm like, no, because <laughs> who knows if I'm even like, you know, actually related to the Gupta dynasty slash there's so many Guptas in the world. That's the same as the Brown last name. You think all the Browns are related or the Smiths? The Smiths, yeah. I know. I've had three teachers in, like, the same building named Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and everyone's like, oh, are they related? And it's like, well, it's like, or no, I mean, people don't really question if they're related, you know, as much because Smith is such a common last name. Well, for us, it's very different. I know. God forbid we have similar last names. <laughs> I know. I remember that um, there's a kid. I don't know exactly name, so because I forgot what the name was actually. But like, because I moved to the district I live in now in fourth grade, and whenever people would find out my last name is Gupta, they'd be like, "Oh, are you related to him?" And I'd be like, "I don't even know who this character is. I mean, not character. <laughs> I don't even know who this kid is, and I don't um like I literally have no idea. It's not like he was like also like I think he was like years older, like whoever this kid was, like." Just because you have the same last name doesn't make us related. He's oh, also- obviously your long-lost cousin. <laughs> also, um, the the stare- like the stereotype that when people find out my last name is Gupta, they think I'm related. You know that CNN correspondent, Doctor Sanjay Gupta. Uh oh, oh. They ask me if he's my dad, and I'm like, no. It- called me to the main office so I go there and I'm like why do I need like the counseling office and they're like oh hi so um our counselors meet with all the freshmen and I'm like I'm not a freshman I'm a sophomore and they're like oh you're not um Shivika and Shivika was actually my sister but like there were also like you know two other S Guptas in our school who I've also gotten confused with before because we're in the same gym class and stuff so it's very confusing and very weird why that happens and um I just like you said they're not making an effort it's just, you know what? They're all one and the same. <laughs> no. Everyone looks the same. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to my first episode of my podcast, but I talked about how in seventh grade, on the first day of school, my art teacher mispronounced my name as Salsa. Wait. Okay, I see. Okay. Like, maybe she got the I mixed up with an L, but it's still, like, <laughs> you couldn't have, you know, like, Salsa? checked her. I think that even, yeah, it's, it's like not even salsa, but salsa, like, you know, like we're going to make, like have a Mexican fiesta in art class or something. But um, I just think that even if teachers did something simple as asking, like they could, all they have to do is just ask like, like, hey, how do you pronounce your name? And, or I don't know if there's a better way to do it because maybe it would still be embarrassing enough to pronounce your name when the teacher would know other names or maybe like make, do um, do attendance a different way that they don't have to call names if they can't pronounce them because it is an embarrassing thing to have your name mispronounced in front of all your peers. Yeah, it is. I definitely try and make an effort of, you know, pr- correcting people because I, you know, take pride in my name. I like my name quite a lot. And I feel like people should say it right. Um, Over the years, I've gotten to a point where if they're saying it like, close enough like almost there I'll just say yep that's it and move on because that's the best I'm getting 
I totally get what you mean by that because I like, especially with me, like I've always been like, you have to pronounce it the correct way, which is Saisha and like, or, or Saisha, you know, like how there's like that, like small little like accent, but obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't get that. My, like the most probably common is Saisha. And it's not like, like when I was little, I actually did get like upset because I remember one time we had to play some syllable game in elementary school and the teacher like put me in the three syllable column because of Saisha and I got like kind of upset I was like you're not you don't know how to pronounce my name this is a teacher who I had for two consecutive years oh man but um at the same time like now if someone calls me Saisha I don't get like upset like we'll get upset if they call me salsa though <laughs> salsa's a bit far but yeah at this point you just learn to you know what I'll take it it's most of the cookies in the cookie jar yeah, and I did find it interesting how the narrator of the the show, Never Have I Ever, so, like, leading us back onto that, um, mm-hmm. he, even he didn't pronounce her name right. Like, he said Davy, and, you know, it's Davy. But I guess, like, that's, like, a slight, you know, accent thing. But at the same time, for Kamala, he kept pronouncing it Kamala, like how Kamala Harris pronounces her yeah. name. Yeah, and with um, John McEnroe. Whatever his last name is. Yeah, McEnroe. Are you on the Ganesh Puja episode? Ganesh. Yeah. I'm saying Ganesh. It's Ganesh. Ganesh. <laughs> it's not Ganesh. Come on. I just feel like in a show where we're talking about, you know, Indian culture and Indian representation, I'm expecting that Mr. Narrator... Yeah, I wonder so- why they did that. did it like that. Like, I feel like the, the narrator of all people should have pronounce the names correctly considering how he's narrating this tale of you know the south asian girl and you know of the south asian family and of this indian family and trying mm-hmm. to sh- they're supposed this show is all about the representation and the diversity so the white narrator should have pronounced the name correct in my opinion ganesh i can't <laughs> ganesh i know i was kind of confused about that too like why 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 was that a thing and then um so, as we said before, so I really liked how Davy was a bit of a wild child. Like, I probably am not as wild as she was. I would never go up to a boy yeah. and do that, if you know what I she's, mean. She's and... got problems in a lot of them. But you know what? That's realistic. You think everyone thinks we're so put together. We always know it. We don't. We are just as messy mm-hmm. and visceral and chaotic as the rest of you. Exactly. I liked how she, I mean, ma- most of her characterization wasn't at all revolved around, oh my god, I'm good at math. Which, you know what? Ten steps forward. I'll take it. <laughs> I I totally agree. Like, and I think that, like, again, like, the stereotype, they did have some stereotyping with the mother, Nalini, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you remember, like, that one episode where she was grounded, and, um, and then... When she was ungrounded, her mother goes, if you want to go to your friend's house and you can, guys can do something fun like practice SATs or something. And it's like, like if my, my, my mom definitely knows that if I'm going to a friend's house, we will not be doing practice SATs. We'd probably, you yeah. know, I don't like, know what like we'd be doing. Be mad because I feel like, come on, I, like, this is my show. This is the, you've been marketing this as my show where it'd be like, you know, true to us. And, you give us stuff like this, and also yeah. I felt like a lot of the satire and jokes would made sense, and were really like introspective for the Indian community, especially around like topics uh, with the book and you know superstitions and the arranged marriage stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this show, what also was, was a real life. Well, supposed to be what South Indians are really like for white two white people because all they've seen of us is just bulgy and so when our first show of hey this is what this population is supposed to actually be like i don't know a lot of the things they said were for an indian population was like yeah i get the satire here but for like not us it would be a very yeah i feel like it it didn't give a person the best light like when they said, "Here, put some coconut oil in your hair for your prospective groom, so you so you smell like his mother." <laughs> I just, I get where the joke is here for the Indian community, 
but like for someone who's watching who's white they might like you know get confused like oh is this like a real thing and i mean i don't and, like oh no, i feel like, like a lot of so these messed up and you know backward but no i mean no it's not like that it's Sure, there's elements here that are true, but... I mean, I put coconut oil in my hair to, like, help it, like, you know, like, grow and be shiny, not, yeah, not to make myself smell like anyone. Yeah, and, like, a lot of the issues they talked about, I felt like it was, um, a lot for one season, and because they couldn't delve that far into anything, like... Mm, I will say what the only part that I a lot of it was satire on you know Indian culture Indian stuff which is good we do need that you know someone to show hey we are good but we also have problems like everyone else but I there are two scenes that come to mind when I think about when they said like we should hey we're cool Indian culture is a great thing which was that four minute scene at Ganesh Puja where um her friend said, hey, I, you know, we used to make fun of all this, but now I appreciate it. And maybe the end with, you know, the, the ashes and pouring into the sea. Mm-hmm. But other than that, where was yeah. the appreciation? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I during the Ganesh. Was- oh, sorry. Sorry. No, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, because during the Ganesh Puja scene, she has like that line where she's like, when I go to Princeton, I'm going to be an atheist eating hamburgers with some like something like that and i was like i mean i there are definitely like times where um like you know like if i'm like around like like indian aunties at the temple i'll be like oh this is so annoying and i mean i used to go to an indian sunday school in my area Mm -hmm. um, when i was younger and literally the the aunties would say things like if you don't brush your teeth with like a certain leaf then you'll have to get braces and I'll be like mm. I was like my mom's a dentist um does this I know that's not true and you know these stereotypes like that so then at those points I'll be like like I don't really get like the Indian culture and why mm-hmm. are you know people like like this in a sense and stories when sometimes when my mom tells me about when she's younger but at the same time, I would still, you know, want to be Hindu when I grow up. And I mean, I, I'm someone who isn't vegetarian. I eat like, you know, chicken and meat and I eat beef sometimes too. Mm -hmm. But it's not like I'm going to give up like being Indian because of that. And even they showed that baby in the show ate meat already. So yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get the struggle of being Indian American where two between two things. And I'm not even mad that, you know, oh, she, she wouldn't want to be an atheist. That's fine. That's your religious, you know, prerogative. Mm-hmm. What I was upset about is when did they actually, when did Davy ever celebrate, like, like her culture at all? You she didn't. Having, I totally understand that you can have mixed feelings about it, especially with superstition and stuff like that. There's different kind of problems. I'm not denying it. Yeah. But like, remember in the scene with Ganesh Puja with all the dancers dancing mm-hmm. like our classical dance, and she calls them outright as losers, and that are <laughs> you know, and I just felt, hey, our stuff is great. They're beautifully dancing there. Yeah, exactly. I didn't feel at all. Now, of course, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. You might feel differently. I. That's just my disclaimer, but I wanted more of a celebration of what it meant to be us totally hearing complaints about our everything you know she complained about this half sorry she complained about like a dance what did she actually like of ours and i don't know after watching it i just kind of felt a little sad i guess like it did seem like she really just wanted to fit in with white culture and be you know a white person which i mean i i do agree like in a sense like 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 me and people who i know and you know like people who i see in general like i feel like there is like definitely like this concept of being a quote whitewashed indian but at the same time or whitewashed they see but i feel like in general i still would like i still do appreciate my culture and i still like love celebrating the holidays and i feel like you know having this south asian culture in me and having this daisy culture in me is part of you know what makes me me exactly exactly and 
Oh, you go, you go. Sorry. It's just, like, these small things about being South Asian, and they see, like, for example, like, if you go to ever, like, go to, like, a party with your parents, you're, like, and they're, mm. like, okay, we're gonna leave, and then they don't leave for a while. Like, I feel like that's something that not, like, everyone can relate to. I don't know if, you yeah. know, you, you yeah. relate, and then, um, <laughs> there's, like, like, other small things, like, I'm trying to think of, you know, other things. Well, like, obviously, you know, the concept of if we do badly on a test, it's not like our parents are actually gonna, like, kill us and stuff like how they make it seem to be in like tv shows and movies when when they talk about being south asian or indian but obviously our parents are going to get upset you know that disappointed look that's it but it's um yeah like you were saying and but also sorry something else that confused me a lot about the mom was her mom's like in a sense obsession with kamala's arranged marriage like i don't like i did not like when she like said like you know told kamala don't tell them about you know your job and don't tell them about your college and studies and the eggs and i'm like (laughs) i see as an indian again i see the truth in what you're saying i see the satire here exactly this is our first representation isn't just for us it's also for people like other people learning about us mm-hmm. and i feel like if this is the first glance of what it means to be us this is a whole ah uh, in particular it was like this is not a good look this is not a great look. Exactly. Like, for example, I do have, like, I think a great aunt who, um, when she visited us, she, like, would not eat any onions or eggs or anything because, you know, that's just yeah, what, that you know, sense. she believes in. And that's just her. And, like, so that's why I understood, you know, the reference. But someone else might not, you know, understand the reference of why she's not allowed to eat eggs or, you know, are, like, Indian people not allowed to eat eggs or anything. Or I just, I just didn't like, you know, the part where it said, like, you know, she should, like, lie about having a job and, you know the oh, yeah, the like, college oh, and her studies cooking and cleaning and i'm like okay stop yeah mm. i feel like i feel like especially if they're trying to put this modern twist to it they should not be you know highlighting that like you know that kamala's good at this but i guess they in the sense they did show how kamala um kamala didn't like you know how kamala didn't really like necessarily believe in the idea of arranged marriage also so that was good yeah but this was it wasn't a great yeah, example show no, no, depiction that's the word I'm looking for depiction of what an arranged marriage is it's I mean yes but no you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah I totally get what you mean it's, because I feel like if you're gonna take this topic give it more time and really flesh it out they took they took so many things for one season and none of them were like that greatly fleshed out and overall each thing they it just gave like a lackluster feel of okay this is what this thing is like also, I'd like to say that um, Kamala seemed, like, really upset with the idea of arranged marriage until she saw his face. And I was like, I don't really yeah. think that that was necessarily, like, I mean, I, like, for a sense, like, I sort of get, like, you know, the modern twist to arranged marriage. But in a sense, I also didn't really understand, like, the way they were going about it in the show. Yeah. And, I mean, you see, like, a lot of the comment sections are people who didn't get it, it, it maybe a lot of people were saying oh she only like ditched steve her really nice boyfriend really cared for her because this random dude looked hot i'm like that's not it steve and the whole you know yeah steve was weird complex going on that oh i'm gonna take you away from your backward civilization and cu- culture i'm like no you this has not have given us a good enough portrayal of what this action is or how it works it's really like hey your parents are going to introduce you to a person. See if you like them. If you do, let's go ahead with it. Which mm-hmm. isn't that different from if your friends, you know, hey, I know this Like set you up you with a guy go. like a blind exactly. date. Exactly. If your friends set you up with a date, that's, it's not that different. It's just your parents did this time. And you're fully allowed to, in most cases, of course, you've got your outliers. But in most cases, you're fully allowed to say no if you don't want it exactly um it's not like you know it's not like that concept where um we're like like, i feel like there's a concept of what people think of arranged marriage they think like oh you don't never meet before your wedding night and then you know you're forced to like leave your job and be with this person and which i mean things like this does happen i a lot of it it can happen things like that where you know you're forced but that's there's more layers to it than that you know Mm -hmm. like that's what it's like it's not a oh, man, 
you have to forever become. Or, or when your in-laws come, you have to cook and clean, and then when they leave, you can go back to your job. That's sort of what Nalini made it sound like. Like, in front of the in-laws, you have to pretend to be this housewife and not have any sort of job or career plans or college plans. And then once they leave and, you know, once you're happily married, then you can go back to your job. That's what she made it sound like, which I feel like isn't the case for most people who, you know, yeah. have that in a sense. And her, her those in-laws, they're like... <gasps> Eggs, you are going to college? Oh, come on. We're, this is a modern society where I know. everyone's going to college. Especially come because on. Prashant was studying in the USA. It wasn't like he was, you know, in, in India. Like, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it just seemed like, also I feel like Kamala, if she really wanted to, she could have, like, done research or talked to Prashant before they met. Like, it was just kind of weird how they, like, I feel like that's how most people are. I don't think most people, for example, like, especially nowadays, you know, considering, like, how much money it takes to travel, I don't think that most people would go and meet someone like that. Yeah, and most, I feel like most of the time, you see the person before that big meet, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. remember that scene where um, she like she was walking with like the traditional dress and the snacks and everything. They were like, "Oh, you have to walk slower and walk like this." And I'm like, "Okay, I see where you're like the hidden truth behind mm-hmm. this, yes, but just the portrayal of it, especially to you know the not us community, they're gonna see us as extremely backwards." And I didn't love that. Yeah. Or like with the Oh, I picked a movie that was about a princess in the Sleeper. It's only seven, seven hours. hours. I was like, I are there actually movies that are seven hours long, like Bollywood movies? Bollywood movies are long, but they're I not. do agree, not seven hours. I it's just yeah. come on. These are again just jokes at our expense. Yeah. So I liked the show. I liked the direction the show went in. I liked the depth. Every single character. There was no tokenism. Eleanor had a strong, you know, her character development. Um, Fabiola had strong character development. Oh, yeah. I forgot what the Jewish guy's name was. Oh, but um, he... Ben. Yes, him. Ben. I was going to say Brett, but that's not right. <laughs> he had strong character development. Oh, yeah. I liked Paxton. how they made an episode just about him. and Yeah, even Paxton had a strong character development, and of course, Davy. So I'm like, you know what? All our protagonists, that was good. Because usually what you see with, you know, people of color as... They're usually like side, oh, side yeah. pieces to like the main person, and they don't have any development aside from giving the main protagonist, you know, assurance and a pep talk. Oh, totally. It, it I was great that they didn't do that. Oh, you were I, saying something. Yeah, because that's exactly what I was just discussing with the girl who's because the girl who was the other guest who I just was recording with before is that in a lot of these shows they have the main bet like the main friend, and then like whoever they're. Like, as you were just saying, side pieces, like, they're just, like, or they're, like, you know, like, encourage the mer- main person, and, like, you know, they never go into, like, the, the side characters' dramas, and I liked how they yeah. did that, like, you know, they showed Fabiola struggling with her, you know, being gay, and how to tell people, and um, they showed Eleanor's struggle was with her mom, and her mom mm-hmm. leaving, and then they showed, you know, obviously Ben's struggles at home of having his parents, you know, not really around, because they're too busy in their work and then obviously Paxton they didn't really show his home struggles too much I think that was like you know intentional because they did show like you know that he was like an insecure guy in general and he um, yeah but he he had development yeah definitely which is great like do you remember Clueless um I forget what's her name but you know the black character who's friends with um Cher I don't think I've watched that movie actually, but ah, well, um, everyone else is listening will probably know. When do we ever see any sort of development with her? Any oh, sort yeah. of additional characterization with her if it's not mm. either one in tandem with her boyfriend or two in tandem with, you know, the main character. Yeah. I don't think um um have have you watched the um show Good Luck Charlie? Yes. Yeah, so, like, for example, on that show, Emmett and Ivy, you never really find out what's going on in their personal lives, what, like, you know, their characters are dealing with, if there's any, like, sort of, like, you know, you're, as you're right, like, they only talk about, like, Ivy and Emmett's, like, maybe, like, things, like, if they have, like, any sort of drama with their love lives or with the main characters. Precisely, precisely. And it's great they didn't do that. I will say, 
Did Davy ever become a better friend in the end? <laughs> I feel like her friends did. Her friends were mostly the emotional pickup for Davy. Like, yeah. you know, especially like at the end when, you know, I just thought it was like the ending was very crazy with her, you know, rebelling against her mom so much, especially considering how her mom took the trip to Ben's house to try to apologize and make things right. And she still was so, you know, I just, I just couldn't imagine I that happening like, in real life. Okay, of course I'd be upset if my mom was planning to go to India without telling me. Oh, yeah. But, number one, why is, why is Davy so harrowed at the idea? Two. Two. It just felt like if you just had proper communication, talked it out, maybe didn't act out, and, you know, because of course she feels, your mom would feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like... Let's talk about what happened in the last week itself. You've been to how many parties? You almost had sex with that dude. You got <laughs> bit by that coyote. Of course she feels like, okay, I'm a single parent with no control here. I need backup. Where is my backup? My backup's in India. Where yeah. do I get the backup? It's a, it makes sense. I totally get it. And especially considering, like, you know, the... um. Like, Davy did, you know, lie to her mom when she went to that party at, you know, that kid Trent's house with Paxton and, the, you know, got bit by the coyote. And she, like, ended up in the hospital. And obviously her mom feels out of control. Her mom, her like, her mom feels like she doesn't know what to do. She feels sort of helpless. And I feel like Davy was sort of, was definitely, like, sort of, you know, rebellious against her mom in all these ways. And she should have understood where her mom's coming from. Maybe it was a sort of, like, a drastic decision of her mom to plan to go to India. But... Um, maybe like you know, as you're you're saying, you know, she she decided to go as you know her means of sense. communication and resource. I mean, obviously, like in a sense, they were trying to show her her struggles and you know with her losing her dad and her struggles, of like you course. know, emotionally and her struggles, um, you know, like in that sense. And I think that's part of the reasons for her, like you know, emotional breakdowns and emotional like breakouts in a sense, and out like you know how she would suddenly get like so riled up about certain things but Mm -hmm. i do feel like she should have in a sense been more nice to her mom and and as like you know a character in a show Mm -hmm. no totally totally i feel that i also we're talking so much about moms in this show so let's go back to prose if that's (laughs) of course yeah um that's part of the reason i wanted to break this down with you know another south asian girl who had you know the feelings and because i i I absolutely adored the show i loved the show i um like i was sort of like you know afraid to say that to people like especially south asian people because people were like how do you love the show it's so bad this that i was like it really wasn't that bad it was it wasn't that bad it was bad in the sense things? that there were definitely parts that weren't relatable, but I think it was an it did an amazing job in general of the... truly, truly. I mean, it does not it it's definitely a mixed bag of things. It did a bunch of things amazingly. It did a bunch of things not so amazingly. But you know what? This is a step in the right direction. I I really appreciated it. I totally I agree. Seeing someone on. I'm a, I don't know if we said this to the viewers, but I'm actually a Thumbelian, and so I cannot tell you any Thumbelian I've seen on screen. If I ever think about, you know, Indian characters I've seen on screen, it's always a Hindi-speaking person every single time. Mm-hmm. And so having someone not a Hindi-speaking person who speaks my own language, I was like, you know what? That's amazing. How, when... I was so shocked when they spoke in um, Bummer. I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute! <laughs> That's me! Yeah, I totally get what you mean by that, especially. I think that they did try to show, like, you know, South Indian representation, which was also, like, you know, a big point of the show, which I think was, you know, excellent. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, what else have we haven't already said that was excellent? Well, yeah, because, um, in general, like, I remember watching Disney Channel shows when I was 10 or 11, and, um, I remember watching these shows and thinking, like, there's no, like, Indian family on screen, why can't there be a family that's like me? I remember actually thinking like this, and when I saw the trailer for the Never Have I Ever show, I, like, thought it was a weird when they, you know, showed, like, you know, what was gonna happen with her and Paxton and things like that, but I mean, then when I gave, when, when I gave the show. show a chance... Yeah, 
when I gave the show a chance and I watched it through, it was definitely amazing. I think mm-hmm. I thought it was great how they showed, you know, the Ganesh Puja scenes because um because of the fact that there isn't really, you know, much um talk even about like, you know, South Asian culture, you know, religion as much. And also, I feel like in schools, they just, the only thing they talk about in schools relating to South caste India system. is India is the caste system. Yeah, exactly. They only talk, talk about Indians. that. And yeah. I literally told my my history teacher last year, who like literally, or my history teacher last year showed us this video in school about how the caste system still exists today. Um, it's technically outlawed in India, first of all. And second of all, is it really necessary to paint Hindus and, you know, like in such a bad light on your top? Like, yeah. that's the only thing they talk about in Hinduism. I and mean, they can't you, pronounce it. If you want to get into this, if you really want to get into this, I don't know if that's what you want to do for this episode. Yeah. I we can rant about this all I wanted. But. You see, the the casting was screwed up by that instead. I definitely and agree, I and I def- how they st- kept portraying us like, "Wow, we're so rude." Of course, people, you know, they wanted to convert to Islam and Buddhism because there's no caste kiss system. Humans screwed that up. Okay, mm-hmm. not us, not the the structures. We are not. <sighs> Yeah, especially because, like, if I definitely want to talk about this more, I'll probably in a different episode because I don't want to, you know, because I could definitely rant about it a lot, too, and the education in schools and how the education isn't, is very ethnocentric and very, um, you know, like, you know, American-related in the show, The American Side of Things. Everything was wrong. Everything was wrong. Yeah, AP World, I was very, like, no, not AP World, in Global History 9, I was very upset when they, like, talked about only the caste system. And then when they talk about the gods, they, like, say, mispronounce all the names. I mean, I'll even go with that, because you know what? You're white, you're not gonna know. But, like, when you're reading all the things, are you kidding me? You're saying Shiva has, um, you know, Four concerts: Durga, Parvati, Kali, and um, Durga, Parvati, Kali. What's another form? Uh, Shakti, Shakti. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> that's all the same person. <laughs> I what know. Do you mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Shiva <sighs> isn't Zeus. Excuse me, they're all the same person. <laughs> I get what you mean. Stop, yeah. Stop making it look. Oh my god. I know. Yeah, I'll de- I definitely rant about this in another episode. Portrayed correctly. Yes, they said Ganesh, but I can get over it. The puja was portrayed correctly and quite beautifully, I might add. Did you see that altar? Yeah, oh I God, agree. It was so gorgeous. And I really, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed, you know, the episode of Ganesh Puja. And, I mean, I my, my it was my dad's favorite episode because I watched it like a first. So first, basically, my sister and I watched it. Then you we watched, watched it? it with our mom. Then we watched it with our, like, you know, both our parents. So, and then I probably watched it more times after that. I definitely watched it, like, multiples of times. And it was um like, I that was definitely, it was my dad's favorite episode. And I think it was because they definitely, it was definitely an American show that was trying to portray Hinduism in the correct light. Yeah, which I appreciate a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I even like how they didn't bring up um, cast at all, because oh, yeah. that's what we always keep hearing, and guess what? None of y'all have a true image of what this looks like. Yes, yeah. is it prevalent? Yes, is it bad? Yes, but come on, you don't know I'm not going to take what Miss, like some John Smith said about my stuff that he doesn't even know about mm-hmm. as the truth. And oh, yeah. It's being painted as the truth. So that was definitely a pro of this episode. Um, I think, I mean, of the show, I think more pros are, like, you know, in obviously we're talking about the representation is a pro, the a representation of the um, religion. Right. Uh, yeah. Everybody had a storyline. The, um... You know, as we said before, the fact that the main character, Devi, was, you know, this real... I feel like she was a realistic Hindu that I could, you know, that I definitely could relate to compared to Indians and other shows who were either given white names, you know, as he said before, white other things. So she's definitely relatable. Um, Her family was relatable in the sense, you know, I could... Her mom definitely, you know, reminded me of aspects of my mom. Like, obviously not not entirely, but, you know, different aspects, like, um, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I I felt her, you know, 
about the struggles she had when she wanted to be cool, and she felt cool as the opposite of what I am. Yeah. Um, I could relate to that struggle. Totally. Yeah. I always felt like, you know, not that I was a nerd, per se, but just, I am a, I was never very popular. Mm, I, I totally agree. I very much wanted to be. I wanted to climb up the popularity chain. In middle then, school, especially. Then, yeah, middle school, especially, as I am. Totally. But I felt her struggle. I felt her struggle because we always feel like I am only good at math and robotics and no one invites me to parties and I really want to be. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you could, you I mean, obviously, in some of the ways that she was trying to climb up that popularity chain might have been things that I don't necessarily agree with, so I should never do. But did, you know, give me some sort of feeling that, you know, she, she was, I loved her confidence. She had like a lot of spunk in her. Mm-hmm. She, um, like, you know, she was a wild child but in a good way in a sense i don't know I, I don't know if all the i i don't agree with all the actions she took like that party at model un but um the fact that she was you know in all these clubs which you know reminds me of me and th- things like that so i like that it had like a decent mix and i feel like there yeah, was definitely perfect. something that everyone who watched the show could take away could we talk remember the group project <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Your project is like that. I know. You know the part. This I remember reminds me of sixth grade, where again I wanted to try and be popular. Mm-hmm. Little Monsi was kind of a messed up person. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not that person anymore. And so all these like you know the popular white girls would always come to me, be like, "Oh my God, Monsi, you want to be my partner?" Like, oh yeah, I totally agree with what you mean. And so I partnered with them because I was like, oh, my God, the popular kids want to hang out with me. Yeah. That's so cool. But then in reality, they just wanted to, you know. What grade are you in? I'm right now uh, in 10th grade. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm, it's I'm a junior. Oh. Yeah, I'm cool. going to be a junior in two days. So. Oh, my God. So, yeah, because our school starts in two days. Yeah, so um. anyway, so I guess – one projects yeah and so i felt like you know i related to when she signed up with a group project with these two people who are pathetic like pathetic and every all their ideas were horrible because she wanted to be popular and ended up doing all the work which i relate to i'm sure you do too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. i felt like yeah i see myself on the screen and i usually never see myself on the screen yeah so, I'm saying kudos to um, this show for doing that for me. Totally. So um, one, I guess, final question is, so obviously throughout the show, they show Baby's sort of like relationship with um, Paxton sort of growing and I guess becoming better friends with him as the show cuts goes on. And then obviously her relationship with Ben, like, you know, completely changes by the end. So just like, you know, question, are you on team Ben or team Paxton? Team Ben. I mean, ben. even like her relationship with Paxton, why didn't she like Paxton in the beginning? I think she just this- loved, like, he was- yeah, she just liked him because he was cool and he was hot. He- and- exactly. And also, the actor who plays him is, like, so old. Yeah, I know. So much we watched the show and we're like, he's 29. He's, like, was that even legal for them to do that kissing scene? Like, we were just, my sister and I were just joking like that yeah, because exactly. she was 17 when they shot that. So, I don't know. Um, exactly. But, exactly. But she, what what other ca- good characteristics did this guy have? Sure, he sort of changes at the end because his sister told him to. Yeah. But he was... He was um, he was a douche to her, honestly. He and, was a douche to her. Like so, um, my and Ben oh, was extremely. I mean, of course, he had that competition, but Ben is like a really well-rounded character. You know, yeah. he's got aspirations and dreams. He's a relatively pretty nice person. He really cares about Davy. Actually, likes her. Yeah. He, you know, drove to um, Miami yeah. for her. What? She or Malibu. Malibu. I mean, yep. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Malibu. But I yeah, I do agree. Watch it. He... I Beach and name. 
Yeah, I know. It's funny because when I talked, so because my um, like four of my like really good friends, they all watch this show, and you know they're all white, and um, like the, we like because I was the one who like obviously like introduced them to it and told them to go watch it, and they all loved it, and um, so one of my friends is the one who's um talking with me also on this episode. So anyway, so they they all want Team Paxton, and I I first said Team Ben, and um, Ben the show again i did see like you know how paxton changed which is why i was sort of on him and i did get like you know her like sort of aspiration to be with a guy like paxton but for me i personally see her with ben because i think of it more as like you know something that could actually last like her and paxton i couldn't see that actually lasting that's gonna fall apart in seconds because they're so her aspirations his aspirations are totally different what he's looking in a person what she's looking for in a person I don't know what she if she knows what she's looking for because at mm-hmm. the moment she just like, hey, I want to get laid, <laughs> but yeah, it's not gonna work out. He's had what a minor turnaround because of his sister, but it's not like he's gonna whoop de do all of a sudden be a completely new person. Like he was pretty like rude to her in general, like throughout the show, and then like I get like he kissed her, and like I don't really know where that came from, and then at the end, obviously, um, like he's in the final episode when she approached him in school, he didn't really talk to her or anything, and I feel like she should have like you know known that he isn't right for her and and he also was the reason for her fall apart with her friends like saying you owe me you have to come do this for me i just feel like you know a a guy shouldn't necessarily treat a girl like that and maybe obviously i don't know anything without watching see how season two will play out but that's why i like feel like i favor ben more just because i can see it happening but at the same time paxton's like you know back and like be like a cute relationship too oh he's 29 it's not no. It's messed I, up, man. I even the first time I saw him, I didn't know he was twenty nine. I was like, yeah. "This guy has wrinkles." Like, <laughs> excuse me, this is this doesn't look right. Yeah. Um, I I don't see that going down. It's I don't like it. I, I feel like thought, if I have oh, to predict go. something, if I have to predict something, I predict she's gonna get with Ben and Paxton's gonna be sort of jealous, or maybe he won't be jealous at all. But I feel like maybe he'll like be pining for her throughout. But I feel like I feel like Ben's gonna become her boyfriend. I mean, as that plot line should be, I get pissed if it's any other way. Yeah, I took the ending. Remember when her and Ben kissed and the the call from Paxton Mm -hmm. to pick it up? I took it as a sign of yeah, that's not gonna happen, Mm -hmm. you know. But I don't know where the writers are gonna go with this. We'll just have to see. Mm -hmm. Also, like something else is that like you know Paxton and her only had like one kiss, and it was very using where she's the one who kissed ben first and they like literally had like a full-on makeout session so i think like it like it's sort of like you know a hint that ben is more of the right person for her absolutely but that's just my opinion yeah my friends are gonna be upset that i switched over to team ben i mean i'm just kidding because i was on team ben and then i sort of like drifted in the middle but i don't know mm, i feel like that's in my opinion, there's only one clear side here. <laughs> the other one is extremely shallow and would never work. I don't like, see. I like Paxton. I like Paxton. Like I like. I get like you know that he's like you know the hot boyfriend who she wants because I like personally don't necessarily agree with that. Like, thing. like your boyfriend should be a hot guy and like that's the only thing you want. But his personality was not good, and I think that's why I think Ben will be a better fit for her. Yeah, and. Davy's gonna realize it sooner or later. At the moment, she's just a <laughs> Matthew wildcard, but she'll get it. She'll yeah. understand later. I think so. And obviously, the show, like you know, left us on that cliffhanger. But in general, I okay. So closing remarks: the show was wonderful. It had its problems, and we broke down, you know, the various stereotypes of the show because, you know, like one of the main stereotypes that we wanted to cover was, you know, that South Asian girls have to be smart, and you know, it's. Like, I think that was, you know, a main stereotype that we covered, and I think that we broke it down pretty well that, you know, it's not necessarily like that. We've talked a lot about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and overall, I think the end note is just, go watch it, guys. Go your own <laughs> you, opinions. Yeah, of course, and if anyone has any opinions on the show, please let us know, and... um.
hear them. So, Monsi, you're from, um, so, so Monsi, why don't you tell us, like, just a little bit about the, your organization? Oh, of course. My name is Monsi. I live in Georgia, and my organization is Healing Word, which is a student-run organization that aims to bring awareness and education to the healthcare disparities surrounding the LGBTQ community here in Georgia and teach possible methods of advocacy to combat these forms of oppression. Because what I found interesting is that 76% of Georgians think that the things that are going down are illegal and can't go down. And so they don't even know it's a problem, which I find shocking. And so Mm -hmm. you know what? Someone's got to tell them that, hey, this is what's really it looks like over there for them and what the laws are actually doing. And hopefully I'm trying to create a difference, even if it's just a singular person. So where can so where can people find your Instagram? What's your like at? Oh, at um, healingword.atl. If you recognize whatever the reference I made. Hello, fellow nerds. It's Mm -hmm. um. You know what? I'm just going to leave it there. You guys can figure it out what reference that is. <laughs> but yeah, definitely come follow us. Come chat with me. I'd love to talk about anything, really. Except yes. if you're a bigot. Yeah, everyone go, <laughs> everyone go follow Monsi's organization. And thank you so much, Monsi, for being on Brown Girls Rising. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat on Never Have I Ever, breaking it down from a South Asian girl's perspective as... um. You know, I think that was a, you know, it was, it was definitely an amazing show, but I feel like by like hearing us talk about it, it might have, you know, opened your eyes a little bit on what it's really like. It was a pleasure talking to you about this too. Um, I don't have any South Asian friends. Mm -hmm. Even though here in Georgia, my school has a bunch of South Asians. I not, I'm new here. So, you know, and plus quarantine and coronavirus. Oh yeah. The meeting people things a little slow down. (laughs) But it was a pleasure talking to another South Asian about this because I've just had so many varying opinions than other people that didn't <laughs> get my point of view. Oh, yeah. So definitely, definitely, definitely. And so I really appreciate this. And Saisha is a great person. Everyone go follow her organization and support it because this was such a great talk. And I, I haven't exactly listened to the other episodes. But <laughs> I'm going to immediately after this because I'm sure they're also filled with such eye-opening concepts and ideas that I haven't thought about before. Of course. Okay. So thank you so much, Monsi, again, and I hope you'll definitely come back for the future. Maybe we can rant about the cast system or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to. Okay, so... Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Brown Girls Rising, discussing the show Never Have I Ever and breaking down some South Asian cultural stereotypes. I hope that listening to my interviews with Carmen and Monsi brought some fresh perspectives on the show and definitely got to um, help you understand what it was like for me, especially as a South Asian girl, to watch this show, which was so moving and powerful. I really enjoyed this show, and it was something that I watched multiple times. Seeing a South Asian family on a screen, of course, besides, like, you know, something that was made in Bollywood, is something that I haven't really seen in on American television growing up. And that's why this show was super impactful and powerful to me. Again, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. And if you have any questions, you can always DM me on Instagram or... Um, let me know by email. Thank you so much again, guys, and we'll see you soon. Just a reminder that we are on Instagram at at Brown Girls Rising Pod, and our email is browngirlsrisingpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or you want to say hi. I'm Saisha Gupta, and thank you for listening to Brown Girls Rising. We'll see you in two weeks.